0: of the show. Welcome to episode 50 woo-hoo, of the Relaxed Dog podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Welcome back, everyone, and hello to new listeners. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Well, who would have thought we'd get to episode 50? I'd like to say thank you very much to all the great guests that I've had on the show so far, and all the especially awesome dogs that have been the topics of discussion on the show. I'd like to thank, again, each one of you listening, uh, putting up with my goofiness, but also giving me the inspiration to keep on putting out stories of the fantastic dogs that we share our lives with. Thank you. This week, my guest from the UK is Nikki Glover, but uh, first... In some doggy news, in uh, Michigan in the US a couple of years ago, a Labrador retriever mix by the name of Sheldon was enrolled in service dog school where he wasn't the best student because he was always being distracted. So he basically flunked out of service dog school and was almost immediately picked up by the arson dog program where he has since been excelling in the detection of any accelerants used in the fires that they have investigated. So, well done. Uh, Still in the US, researchers in Washington State University Uh, recently did a trial where they recruited uh, just over 300 stressed students. They then put them in three different uh, groups and did different stress management programs. One of them was to hang out with dogs and pat them. Um, Amazingly, they found that after four weeks, the students that were patting the dogs, had improved cognitive skills and were staying calmer while addressing their issues. I think that's something that all of us dog owners already knew. And in Estonia, a couple of young guys that were near the Parnu River, which was partially ice-covered, noticed that there was an animal in distress. Um, They assisted the animal getting it to shore and then they wrapped it up in some towels and took it to the local dog pound. Um, When they arrived there, the vet told the guys that it actually wasn't a dog but a wolf that they had brought in. The uh, vets then made sure the wolf was all right, they let it warm up a little bit, and then they released it back into the wild later in the day. And now to this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Nikki Glover. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's nine PM in the UK and yeah, I've had a lovely day in the sunshine. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great to hear. Great to hear that it's been the sunshine there.
1: <laughs> I know, finally. We've just had rain for like the last month. So yeah, we've had our we've had our summer now. And that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> we're into the autumn.
0: Right <laughs> <laughs> no, to that. We're just in our oh, well, tomorrow starting our first official day of winter here. <laughs>
1: Oh, is it? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because, yeah, when it's Christmas, you're, you're in the summer, aren't you? So, yes. <laughs> <yeah>. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the way the world turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I oh, Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Oh, look, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. And I um, understand we're going to be talking about Freya today.
1: Yes, yes, Freya. Yeah, she's just with me. She's got a head on my uh, lap, praying for sausages and, you know, (laughs) in my pocket, for bribery.
0: (laughs) as per usual, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time just before you and Freya Mm -hmm. got together and talk us uh, into the hows and whys that eventuated. Okay. So,
1: I think it was, what was it? It was back in 2015. Um, I was so I'm an ecologist so I basically I study like the interaction between organisms and the environment and any sort of construction activities I have to look at how they'll impact these interactions specifically for like protected species so we do a lot of things with like reptiles um, amphibians like great crested mutes badgers otters waterfalls, everything um, but yeah I was on a construction site and we were looking for reptiles at the time and um yeah, I was just like, there's got to be a better way to, you know, move, like find these reptiles before obviously the construction starts. And um, we do things like we put like reptile mats down to move them. But there's some tricky sort of areas that we could have used like another tool. Um, so, yeah, I was thinking, oh, there must be a better way. And that evening I went home and um, on the doorstep there was a magazine, Um CIE magazine and I opened it up and there was a story on a lady called Louise Wilson who was doing um back carcass detection with detection dogs and uh, I thought wow that's incredible like using a dog's nose to find these back carcasses so I thought oh this would be a really interesting thing to go into especially for like reptiles or amphibians so, um, yeah, I kind of went down that route and I started researching it, what sort of dogs would be suitable. Um, I saw like sort of gun dog type um breed would be good so yeah I started I started begging my partner I was like can we have a puppy can we have a puppy I was like no 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 over again no no I got to a point he was that fed up of me asking and he just went fine <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like great I've already booked a viewing <laughs> so, <laughs> so um yeah I went um It was in North Devon. Um, Yeah, so I went to see this uh, this lovely little litter of puppies. And yeah, Freya was, there was just two dogs left. Uh, There was a really timid one and then a really sort of boisterous girl. And I thought, you know, for a detection work, you kind of want the really boisterous, confident dogs. So yeah, we thought, we'll go with her. And um, yeah, it kind of worked from there, really. So I just, I knew sort of working a dog... Um, it's best sort of around two years old. So I just kind of developed her, and then when she got to a point, I just um, yeah got in touch with Louise Wilson of Conservation Canine Consultancy, and um, yeah, she basically assessed myself and Freya to see if we'd be suitable um, for detecting great crested newts. So they're amphibian species that we have in the UK, and they're protected under UK and European legislation. Um, so it's a fence to kill or injure Great Crest Newts and damage and destroy their habitat. So I thought, and they're really tricky species to find uh, using conventional tools. So I thought having a dog would be incredible because they can detect, you know, below ground and everything, which is where they refuge during the terrestrial season. Um, so, yeah, so it was, I was holding my breath open that, you know, myself and Freya would pass this assessment, see whether we would be good at it. And yeah, she passed with flying colours. I needed a bit of work, <laughs> but... Yeah, and um, it's kind of just gone from there, really. We managed to get our license to detect great crested newts. Um, it's really tricky because we have a good governing body called Natural England, and I had to jump through a million hoops in order to get this license to use Fryer to detect the species because it's a very innovative tool. It's very, in Australia, I think you've been using conservation dogs now for probably about over 20 years. In the UK, it's it's very new and not many people know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few companies that have been doing it for probably the last 10 years, I think. Um, but yeah, it's still sort of, you know, people are like, oh, can they, you know? But every sort of other area, you know, explosive detection, drugs, they're like, yeah, dogs are amazing, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to conservation, they're like, oh, can they, can they do that? It's like more natural <laughs> than detecting like explosive or, you know, drugs and things. So, um, yeah, so... Yeah, we kind of went down that route and managed to get the licensing finally. And um, yeah, it's kind of gone from there. So my employer, Wessex Water, they uh, fund a lot of the work that I do with Freya. Uh, They're really supportive and I use her on, so we have like pipeline routes. So usually if we're working within 250 metres of breeding ponds, Um, where the great crested newts are sort of between mid-March to July. And then they come out terrestrially the rest of the year to like forage and refuge underground and under log piles, rock piles. Um, So we have to fence off the area that we're constructing. And then we have to trap the area out and get the great crested newts out of where we're constructing and move them to a safe location. And this can take a while to do, but with a dog, it's like a beneficial tool because she can detect, you know, any newts that haven't necessarily fallen into these pitfall traps. Um, And if it's warm as well, they might not necessarily move about above ground. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Freya can detect them sort of below ground. And yeah, we found a couple on a translocation site that we're doing at the moment and none of them have fallen into pitfall traps yet. So yeah, it's really, she's a really useful tool. Um, but, yeah, so that's For
0: a species detection dog, that's, uh, you know, um, and I don't know much about the great-crested newts in, in the UK, but it was a, like a, seems like a very specific type work to do. And I was thinking, well, how much work is there to do? But then when you mentioned, yes, that you're working for a company that lays a lot of pipe going through their yeah. environment, that makes mm-hmm. – perfect sense because i'm guessing there's a a lot of pipeline that they are constantly you rolling yeah
1: yeah so yeah we can yeah it was a very linear route so the the most species we tend to impact are great crested newts. so that's kind of why i went down that route with her So i got her initially i was like i'm not really sure what i'll do and then um yeah i kind of ended up working for Wessex Water. I was like, okay, yeah, great crested newt seems the logical route, but it is so difficult. (laughs) It's one of the hardest species to detect because they're they're quite moist species and they're underground and they obviously they move and they tend to come up above ground and forage um, when it's warm and wet. So a lot of my training is done at night when it's absolutely pouring it down. (laughs) I'm the only one who's like sat there when it's raining just going, yeah, let's go out. Let's go train. <laughs> and We had such a dry April, and I was like, "Oh no, this is awful." And then it got really wet in May, and I was like, "Yeah, this is great." You know, the nukes are loving it. All out above ground foraging, and yeah, uh, it just makes it easier. Then she can detect when they're underground, but it's then I have to get my little shovel out and try and you know um, get them out, which yeah is a nightmare. But yeah, when it's nighttime, and they're above ground. It's oh, a lot easier. To get them, then. <laughs> instead of her indicating going Hon- honestly it's here <laughs> I'm like oh I just don't have to trust you <laughs> it's, I'm not getting the shovel out and digging for like two hours to confirm
0: <laughs> so would but, she be the only mute detection dog over in the UK or no,
1: no? They, we, there's another company um, Wagtail Conservation Dogs they've been running for quite a few years now um, yeah so they sort of did the initial um, yeah so my trainer Louise Wilson she used to Uh, start up that company and um, yeah, she was the first person to train Great Christian Newt Detection Dogs and then she set up her own business. Um, But yeah, Wagtails have continued sort of using uh, their new dog. I think they've been pretty successful as well. So um, yeah, yeah, it is a hard line of work to go down. It takes a lot of commitment and a lot, it's something you can't learn on a very short course. It's, I'm still learning now. I'm like four years down and every season because we have six months where it's winter and um, the newts will be hibernating and they won't move or anything. And um, we, I can't really get a license to obviously disturb them when they're hibernating for welfare reasons. Um, so we have six months where I can't really use, you know, use dogs. Uh, but I do have captive newts that I can train with, you know, inside or, yeah, if the weather's all right, I can train the outside with them. Um, yeah, so... Um, I've forgotten where I was going with this (laughs) there we go Um, so yeah we have six months where we can't do anything and then we have to start up again in spring so I have to maintain that fitness throughout the winter Mm -hmm. to then be right back into it like spring is probably the well spring and autumn time is one of the main times that they're really active and they're moving around everywhere they're trying to get to the breeding ponds and then they come out of the breeding ponds and then they kind of go to ground for a bit and then yeah sort of September October they'll come back up again they're really active again trying to eat as much as they can before hibernation um, yeah so it's it is tricky to maintain that fitness and try and understand what their their ecology is doing throughout the entire year mm. um, just so I can make sure Freya's like properly trained for all these different sort of scenarios um, and also getting a used to like working around diggers and you know construction vehicles and men in high vis and things like that and make sure I maintain you know calmness around that sort of environment as well because as a handler that she's very connected to me she very mi- she mirrors me a lot mm-hmm. um she's like the dog version of me. <laughs> uh, she's like one in a million like if I ever think anything she kind of knows what I'm thinking or she knows if I'm a bit nervous or yeah she kind of acts a bit weirdly and I'm like oh no she's i have to you know, pretend that I'm not (laughs) nervous. She, yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah, she's, she's great. She's incredible. But yeah, she does kind of pick up on very sort of like slight behavioral changes in me and will kind of mirror it slightly. So.
0: (laughs) So I'm just going to go back for a little while. How Um, was she like when you first bought her home as a pup?
1: Yeah, she was, um, she's brilliant. She's so intelligent. She's a really intelligent dog. I think she's got a little bit of collie in her. Um, she just really picks up on things. Um, um, yeah, she was really good. She learned things so quickly. We didn't try not to do too much obedience with her because um, really, as for like detection, well, uh, conservation detection work, we like them to be have like an element of wild to them. So I did sort of basic stuff like sit, stay. Um, yeah, and that's about it, really. But, yeah, she's um, yeah, she's been really an incredible dog. She's like a one in a million. I don't think I'll ever have another dog like Freya. Mm-hmm. I've got two boys now, uh, and they're yeah, <laughs> completely doing their rescues <laughs> as well. So they're incredible, but, and they're so affectionate, I think, because obviously they've had abusive pasts, so they just really cuddle up to me. So I'll have like, my two rescue boys with me, and then Freya will be on the other sofa just stretched out like, Oh, I don't need like <laughs> the safe and stuff like that. So, but yeah, she's just she's a very independent dog and she she knows what she wants and yeah she knows how to get it and yeah things mm. like that. But
0: she so she's been contact. inside oh from the from the start.
1: <laughs> Sorry, she's, she's
0: been a, an indoor dog from the start.
1: Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't um kennel them. I yeah, she's just yeah, she's. I would say, I guess she's kind of pet dog-ish. Well, kind of. Um, yeah, I guess she's a working dog. And then at home when we're not working, she could know, up on the sofa, she'd go upstairs and do what she likes. It's kind of, yeah, um, she's a princess at home. <laughs> <laughs> she's better than me. <laughs> yeah, she gets everything, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a queen.
0: <laughs> Does she have yeah. a... What sort of favourite games and things like that does she like?
1: Um, we don't, ascent work is, yeah, she just loves using her nose. And then um, her favourite reward is a tennis ball as well. She absolutely loves the tennis ball. Although I've just recently got this orange plastic thing ball thing, and she absolutely loves that. I think that's overtaken a tennis ball now. So that's like her high value mm. reward. yeah we don't really do too much of anything else it's just it is mainly just um wildlife detection Mm -hmm. that we do um but yeah you love it don't you so i keep talking to the dog
0: (laughs) 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 how old was she when you first started sort of uh introducing her to newts
1: oh she so i first initially so when i Started the first training course she was two. That was with Louise. And we put her on bed bugs because they have a very small scent cone, just like Great crested Mutes. Um and they're really quite difficult to detect. So we thought, all challenge her. Um yeah, so we did that. And then I applied for my license when Louise said, Oh yeah, you know, you both have potential. Um, got it rejected because <laughs> yeah, I kind of went in blind, didn't really know what they wanted and then yeah they said you need to do this 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 and this like massive long list I was like right okay at least I know now what I need to do so I went back and um yeah so we managed to get the license after a year so she's probably about she three yeah three yeah she was three years old by the time we managed to secure the license um and then it took about a year to do sort of the initial baseline training with her and then she went operational when she was four and started working on pipeline schemes uh, construction stuff so which was a massive jump from doing um training so i basically had access to this guy's garden in somerset and he has a really nice population of great crested Newts. there and i was allowed to keep four captive i had two males two females and um yeah we did a lot of sort of association training and then we did training where the newts were sort of up and out of the ground you know on the ground and in the grassland and things like that. And then we did like wild training where the nukes hadn't been disturbed. They're literally just walking around and um yeah, and then daytime surveys. So when they were refuging you know, in box piles, dog piles, things like that, to see whether she could get that. And then when she was ready, then yeah, we could move her then on to operational. But like I say, it's, it's more distractions because there was like uh the first site I took her on, there was like a 12 ton massive, you know, uh, digger excavator there and she'd never seen one in her life and I was trying to get her to work and she was just like what the hell is (laughs) going on (laughs) all these men in high vis, just yeah Uh, yeah I was just like why is she working properly and I spoke to Louise and she's like well you've just you know we've gone from a nice quiet lovely orchard garden in the middle of sunset no no distraction to like you know everything going on and
0: Mm yeah putting
1: that pressure on her and um, yeah, so it just took a bit of training. Now she's fine; she's absolutely fine with it. But it's just, yeah, it's just such a big jump.
0: I suppose um, with to
1: go the, from training to yeah operational, and it just takes time and a lot of training in my own time. <laughs> I <laughs> suppose time. with the
0: the machinery, particularly the like the the mm-hmm. diesel smell, that would really sort of
1: yeah, make a bit of yeah. a
0: impact on things.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't work her too close to machinery, obviously. For um, yeah welfare reasons and um safety and things like that so i we kind of so we had this fencing up and it was coming out at the time so i had to work her along this fence line so it's a barrier to stop newts from getting inside the construction area um we'd finished all the work so we're literally just pulling the fencing up so we just had to check whether the newts like that had gone down into the side of the fencing um so yeah i just had to run her along and then i'd say right okay she's not indicated you can start pulling up the and then they'll come along and slowly pull up the rest of the fencing so it's yeah she was working relatively close but not like right next to it so yeah it didn't affect her smell too much
0: so that <clears throat> would be a, a fairly intense sort of exercise because am i right that the newts they don't they don't grow all that big do they
1: so yeah, it's the biggest species we have in the UK. It gets to about 17 centimetres. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two other species, we have, um, smooth and palmate newts, and then we have like a non-native species, alpine newt, as well. Um, but yeah, we've we've done discrimination trials as well. So last year. So I'm doing a master's by research at Salford University. I'm working with Dr. Robert Yale, who does like He's amazing. He does. He's done loads of amphibians research and done a lot of radio tracking studies on great crested newts. So he's been really interested in having like a use of a dog to find out a bit more about their ecology, what they do on land, because there's so much we don't know about them. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's been an incredible sort of journey. So we we did discrimination trials where we basically did this line and we put out smooth newts, palmate newts. We put toads, frogs. Uh, gloves, anything we kind of used during training, and then a great-crested newt randomly in this um, setup. I didn't know where the newt was because obviously I could be biased and mm-hmm. sort of influence where Freya would indicate. Um, yes, yeah, so we ran her along and, yeah, she was really successful at that. She managed to pinpoint the newt, the great-crested newt in comparison to everything else. And when we've been out operationally, there's been like smooth newts, palmate newts, just walking around. No interest whatsoever. No. <laughs> Obviously uh, with frogs and toes jumping a bit, she's like, oh, <laughs> what is that? But it's not an indication. It's just like, oh <laughs> that's so, interesting.
0: <laughs> so on a say so uh yeah, uh in the environment where they're laying the pipe, on average, how right. often would Freya actually find newts? It's a bit hit and
1: miss. So this this one we have done is depends when we put the the exclusion fencing in so we put it in when the newts are kind of in the pond breeding um and we're right next to very close to the pond but the timing of year they're not really migrating out of the pond and we're not where we've put the where we're putting the pipeline is not in between two ponds so they tend to migrate between ponds mm-hmm. um so we've kind of just put it to the side and for that one we've only had a couple inside the um, translocation um, yeah in the construction area. Um, None have fallen into the pitfall traps. But yeah, so, but I ran her along the outside of the fencing last week and we managed to find one butted up against sort of the exclusion fencing, which shows how good it it works, Mm. (laughs) stopping them from actually getting into the construction site. Um, Yeah. So uh, but then we had we had a scheme last year and there was about 30 great crested newts. Uh, But we did that one later on in the year. So they were already out of the pond, and it was really nice rough grassland. Um, so yeah, they were already set up in their sort of terrestrial environment. It just depends on the time of year when you're kind of doing the activities. Okay. I find. So yeah, I'm
0: guessing also with the environment that Freya is uh, all right with water and rain and puddles and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, that was an important factor we had to make sure that all the dogs i work are happy with the rain because that yeah that's when i have to work <laughs> so yeah she's absolutely fine with the rain to be honest it, the only thing with it is hard being used because a lot of the work is at night and the scent is suppressed anyway at night it's quite low to the ground for what we know and um yeah especially when it rains as well it's even more like the scent comes even smaller than <laughs> what it would be if it's warmer and yeah, sort of the scent sort of evaporating a bit more. Um, yeah, so it's it is sort of challenging, and I have to train her in all these sorts of environments. So when it's warmer, when it's cold, you know, when it's raining, and make sure she's still effective during all these different types of elements mm. and in different types of vegetation as well. Because newts all love like tussocky grassland, but that could be quite hard. To find them, you know, if the newts sort of the scent might be quite suppressed inside that grassland, or it might sort of cling up to the sides of the grassland. So she might have a better chance of finding it. So I find when they're out just moving around, I'll see it, I'll clock it, and it might take her a little while to kind of, she can smell it. And she's just trying to figure out, you know, and the wind's kind of moving the scent around a little bit, and the scent's just kind of pouring out, and she's just like, where? exactly (laughs) it's lovely watching her journey but when it's in a sort of tusky grass and sometimes she's a bit more effective at finding it in that sort of scenario because i don't know kind of clings maybe to stuff and she's like oh okay there it is and drops down into her lie down indication um yeah so it's it's fascinating just watching them like how different sort of habitats and you know factors can influence uh, detectability rates we're doing. I might be I'm hoping I'm going to start a PhD sort of the end of the year. Um, and one of our studies is looking at soil type. So, great question, you spend a lot of time underground, so we want to know how the soil type kind of influences the scent movement. So, we're looking at two different soil types. So, we're looking at sandy soil, which is quite porous, and, and then we're looking at um, clay soil, which is completely contrasting characteristics and uh, it's got a lot of water um, in it. So yeah, we're going to be putting newts in sort of humane sort of ways. I can't really go much into the details. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, so we're going to be looking at how effective she is at being able to detect that scent in these different sort of soil types, which is going to be really fascinating. They've done similar studies on human remains as well. and mm-hmm. Dogs have been able to detect human remains, you know, down two metres underground. But newts, are, I think they have less, like a, a short, you know, smaller scent cone than human remains because you know that's
0: sort of a bigger um, scent cone in comparison. But would well, she? Yeah, she being used. Um, I know you mentioned a few times that the the newts in the ponds. Is she used to detect when you find the uh, ponds if there's newts in, in the water?
1: Not yeah. Although I so I start Nuki got his license this year and um he we were out training last week and he indicated on a paving slab and i lifted it up and there was a new in shallow water under the paving slab and he was still able to detect that fully in in the water we would have to properly train for that i know they do um like whale scat and also it's like i think they do human remains in the water as well um yeah so i think this Ilka miller he's incredible um guy does a lot of detection work and he does a lot of training on trying to find you know speak uh, things under under the water. Um and my trainer Louise said it is possible we could potentially train her to do that. That would mm-hmm. be handy to be honest. But we have other methods where we have like eDNA sampling. So it's it's not necessarily yeah cause for it at the minute it would it would be quite handy. Um, but there's yeah I guess with eDNA, we would have to send off the samples and there's a waiting time, whereas a dog could just indicate spare the the pond and that would save a lot of time. Um, But, yeah, it could kind of go into that sort of area as well. That would just be, yeah, more sort of training, getting the newts sort of underwater and getting her to sort of, yeah, get the scent as it comes out of the water.
0: She Um, enjoys things like swimming naturally or...?
1: We try not to do too much, to be honest, um, just because it's not great for the newts if the dog's always in the water, disturbing mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> so, okay. yep. um, yeah, I mean, it's great physically, you know, um, for them, for swimming. But um, yeah, we try not to get her too obsessed with getting in that water um, just because it can disturb you know, um, everything. And, yeah, it's just not great for the welfare of the species inside the pond, so we try not to... No, that's that's ...too much enough. and keep her out. <laughs> that was
0: good. Um, So, going back to her at home, uh-huh. um, how old was she when you got your first... Well, when she got her first brother, so to speak?
1: <laughs> she was... It's when we first got our first mute licence, so she was three... Yeah, she didn't like it <laughs> <at all. laughs> We brought him home and she was like, when's he going? <laughs> yeah, she did not like it at all. And poor Nuki, he, he really loves, he still loves her. He like, just looks at her like, oh, I love you so much. And she's just like, nah. <laughs> I don't need you. I think Freya doesn't think she's a dog sometimes. I think she doesn't really like play in too much with dogs. So if she does, she kind of doesn't interact too much with it. Um, so Nuki will be constantly like dragging her across the floor, having a great time, you know, and she'll just be laying there, <laughs> just being mm. dragged. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't think she, she like she was, such you know, she was an only dog for a few years and she loved that. She got all the attention. Um, and then we got Nuki. And, and how yeah, old was and he? now got Obi and,
0: How, you know, how <laughs> yeah. old was he roughly when... He, came
1: he it was 18 months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. He was, we think he was abused. Bless him. He's, he was really shut down. It's taken a lot to kind of get him out of his shell. And he didn't really know how to play as well. Um, yeah. So it's, he would play, but he wouldn't play with me. He wouldn't interact with humans as much. He was just, and he was very soft in his mouth as well. Like he just wouldn't want to sort of engage. So it's taken a lot to try and get him really like, and he loves it now. He absolutely loves it. Playing as soon as you get a tennis ball out or anything, he is just on it, and yeah, he, and he loves searching, he loves using his notes. He's always loved using his notes, but yeah, now he enjoys like that play aspect as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's taken a little while, but yeah, it's been really rewarding. Having rescues is an incredible, rewarding thing, and yeah, we've got Obi now, he's, um, he's about eight months now. Uh, he was dumped by a hunter in Spain, um, though. But yeah, he's he's great. He's got so much character and he's so confident as well. So I'm hoping and he's already using his nose as well. just just find tennis balls and you know, we haven't gone anything done anything serious with him yet. But um yeah, I oh. need to get my trainer to have a look at him as well, see if he's she thinks of it. But he growing How is Freya? Freya with Obi? <laughs> she's better actually, she's better than Yuki. So it's kind of gone yeah, Freya's kind of mothered uh, Obi quite a bit she's like oh, okay yeah you, you're young I can let you off with that uh, whereas obviously Nuki was a bit older and the first dog other than Freya into the family so um, yeah so yeah, Freya will play with Obi well her version of playing which is <laughs> being dragged around uh, and Yuki has the issue he's the one who's like oh I want to be the only you know the only man in the house and I think he gets a bit jealous yeah. and especially when Obi's like you know cuddled up to me he's just a bit like oh <laughs> Was there which p- I thought Nuki would want to play with Obi. Um, I'd be like, you know, it would have been quite nice for him to, but yeah, well, I think we'll get there. It's still early days. We only had him a couple of months, so mm. it's just it's a bit of time, doesn't it? Did
0: you um, notice much of a change in behaviour in in Freya the first time round?
1: Well, when we got Nuki? Yes. Yep. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. She... um. There was one, she's a bit of a diva. So there was one time I was with my trainer and we were training Freya. We were, um, we were working with Newt sort of out in the open. And obviously we have to make sure she's very sort of careful. And so when she came to the Newt, we had to be very sort of gentle. And um, yeah, so not too excitable. So she doesn't go, oh, and then like put a paw on it or whatever. So um, yeah, so we did that. And then we put her away and then we got Nuki out who, was a bit shut down, so we were trying to open him up a bit, so it was completely opposite. Really excited, blah, blah, you know, play with the ball. Blah. And um, yeah, we put him back in, got Freya back out, and she just wouldn't search. She just sat there and she kept picking the apples <laughs> She just <laughs> I looked at my camera, like, what's she doing? She was like, She's jealous, she's, she's really annoyed that you're playing with Yuki with so much enthusiasm, yet with her, you're just. You know, you're not as, because obviously we've had to tone it down a bit because we're working with the species out and about. So I was like, oh my gosh, so just give her 10 minutes of play. So I did, I had a very really good play with her, and then she's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that's really <such> a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny. It's just like human, I don't know, just the way she acts sometimes. Was like, are you sure you're a dog? <laughs> and then she does very dog things, like rolling poop. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Sure, <laughs>
0: <actually>. <laughs> so, has Freya got any like favorite places that she likes to go?
1: Um, She loves working at night, I think, more than morning. In terms of going, she loves bounding through I we've got wheat fields down the road she loves that she loves the woods I've got a horse um, a couple of fields away um, so we walk over to him and um, yeah she loves bounding around and having a good play when um, yeah I'm sorting him out um, but yeah no, she, she loves everywhere she's a really happy dog um, but yeah she just loves working she, that's her main joy is just to be out working and yeah, specifically at night. She's not so much she she's good in the morning, but I think she her motivation like really is incredible at night. Um, she's a bit like her mum, I think. <laughs> not so much a morning person, more of a night owl. <laughs> <laughs> and- so I guess like working full-time. My training is usually after work at night. So since she's been young, we've kind of mainly done training at night. So since so doing all this research, we started doing a lot more in the morning. So I've had to try and do more training sort of before work as well, just to get her used to. And obviously, operationally, we do a lot of work in the morning as well. Um, but yeah, no, she's, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is there much travel involved when in you work?
1: Um, not so much. So I'm Wessex what So Wessex region kind of covers quite a few different um, counties. So it's like Gloucestershire, um, Bristol, Bath, Dev. Uh, Dorset, uh, Wiltshire, Somerset and I think the maximum I have to travel is about two hours so it's never really stopped over which is great for Freya I think. Uh, I think if she got a job where she was working all over the UK I I really don't think she would enjoy it so much. Um, She yeah I think she does quite enjoy just you know not so much time in the car more time out working than sat in a crate in the car just waiting (laughs) to work so yeah.
0: Okay. And you've just answered, she's crated when she's in the car. Yes.
1: Yeah. Just safety reasons. Um, we use like a crash tested crate. Um, it's probably safer than the car. So if I ever got into a car crash, she'd be absolutely fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a nice crate. She's, um, she does, she doesn't mind it. It's just, I think she's happier out like, you know, searching and stuff than being sat on a car, traveling from here, there and everywhere. Had
0: mm-hmm. she you got any other social friends, animal friends?
1: Uh, she did when we were um, the last? She had a ship who, <laughs> that was, her, so it was a ship zoo crossed with a poodle, a ship poo. that was her first friend called Reggie. Um, that was at this puppy club that we had, um, that we went to. Yeah, she had like a Labrador. We've moved quite a few times now. So yeah, she kind of, but like I say, she's she's not so dog oriented. She loves people. I don't think she thinks she's a dog. She Mm -hmm. really loves people and she'll kind of, she'll go up to them and she'll give them a sniff, but she's not, yeah, she's just not that bothered by them. She's definitely more people orientated.
0: Okay. Um they so just mentioned you've moved a couple of times, and uh, I know now you're in a sort of more of a a rural area where she's got a lot yeah. of uh, uh, access to fields and things like that. Has she always had that sort of environment or that was a little bit more sort of um, back in the like in in suburbs and higher density or
1: so. Yeah, we, uh, we've always we're not like been in cities or anything like that, and I can't stand cities. <laughs> I like I love being out, sort of rurally, and yeah, just out in the countryside. So we we moved. We were originally in Devon, um, and that was pretty rural, to be fair. Um, yeah, and then we so it was more of like a village, strict town. And then we moved up to um, Bristol, and we were just sort of the outskirts of Bristol. Bristol, so but they were developing more and more. and yeah. It was getting sort of yeah enclosed so um and the fields we used to walk in just got developed over so um yeah we managed to uh, buy a house out on the outskirts of bath so we're we've still got sort of access into bath which is great it's only you know 10 minutes from there but yeah we're properly out sort of in the sticks which is wonderful which she loves it's just so quiet and (laughs) yeah it's just horses around and um yeah she loves it here so do the other two dogs
0: so when you've been out and about with her, has she had any sort of um interesting interactions with any other any other species even when she's been working?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think it was last year. We were walking I've got this site, um Hanson's quarry, let me use uh, yeah, their site for training. They've got a lovely population, big population of great crystal meats there. And uh, we were walking, there's like a 10 minute walk from where we park a car into the quarry. And um, we're walking through her and she was on a lead. And um, I just heard this like growling. So I pulled her back and there was a badger sat in the middle of the path, just like hunched up, just growling, wouldn't shift for about two minutes. <laughs> Me and my partner were just like, what do we do? <laughs> so we just kind of waited and then he just, yeah, just scuttled off. But yeah, that was quite an interesting interaction. Freya was just like, what the hell is that?
0: <laughs> okay. so
1: but yeah, other than that, she yeah she gets on really well with my horse Jerry. He's like great with uh, dogs. He just yeah, he will just be eating his hay and they'll kind of just be yeah munching around next to him. And yeah, he's um he's really good with dogs. So I, don't know. I think <laughs> what else she met? I mean, we meet all sorts of amphibians. We've seen slow worms out on site. Again, she's not having any sort of interest indications on them. It's it's just great crested newts that she's looking for. But uh, like any dog, it's kind of like, oh, kind of what's that? Oh, okay, it's not what I want, You know, it's not what I'm looking for. But it's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, how
0: long would you be working? with her on when she's working on the job and do you do like a uh, like put her on and have a break and then go back or is there a, a – what sort of a set program do you do you have if there is one?
1: So I try and work her for 20 minutes full intensity searching because um, new detection is really difficult. Like I was saying earlier, they, they can be below ground and if you've got quite dense vegetation, you've really got to get that dog you know, systematically and intricately searching every sort of you know square inch of ground because that might just be a tiny little sun particle that's come through, you know, broken through the surface that she might get the, a whiff of. And if she's just running around doing wide area searches, it's not going to be that effective. Um, so yeah, we kind of our worker, and it's such it's so you know it's so draining physically for her to be using her nose at um, yeah intensely for that amount of time. So just to make her more effective, yeah, we're trying to do 20 minutes and then put her away for 20 minutes, after 20 minute break and then get her back out again, just so she's at optimal sort of uh, effectiveness when she's searching, make yeah. sure she's working at, Yeah, the best she can work without draining her and making her too tired and not enjoying it. Cause the main thing is that she's having fun if she's knackered and just not enjoying it anymore. It's yeah, it's not fun for her. It's not fun for me. Mm. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> That's
0: um, not effective. <laughs> did you say that she has any uh, unique or particular or weird habits?
1: Uh she had any weird habits? She did something with, I think, so the dogs were having their, they were eating, um, you know, stuff out of the con, um a few weeks ago. She'd already eaten hers and the two boys were having theirs. And she really wanted what they were having. So she went in the kitchen, found this receipt and started like tearing it up. So I went into the kitchen to see what she was doing. The two boys followed me and she just ran back into the living room and started eating their coffee. I was like, wow, that is really intelligent. It uses distraction technique to get me up and the dogs out of the living room. She could go in and swing yeah get their uh, Kongs that is incredible (laughs) she outsmarted me (laughs) so I was like oh what are you doing (laughs) and that she's so smart it's just yeah I've never known a dog like her like I say she's just one in a million I don't think I'll ever have a connection with another dog the Mm -hmm. same I bloody refrain I love Nuki and Obi we have great You know connections, and it's so different, especially because they're rescues as well. Um, But with Freya, because we've had her for eight weeks, and we've gone through. You know, she's my first dummy dog for doing all this new stuff. I'm learning, she's learning, and yeah, it's been an incredible journey. About to start my PhD, so that'll be another four years, and that'll kind of take her up to retirement as well. So that's quite a nice sort of journey. Very
0: Um, nice.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's just yeah, (laughs) one. One in a million, one of a kind.
0: So you mentioned Uh, food. I I don't know what sort of answer I'll get from you, but uh, I I asked everyone to complete the sentence, I can't believe my dog ate.
1: I can't believe my dog ate horse poop. (laughs) (laughs) Horse poop. Oh, God, yeah. Obviously, I've got my horse and um, I have to poop at the field and she'll be there just running around, just having a great time. I don't know what it is about it but yeah they love it absolutely love it um but yeah obviously shouldn't be any uh, great (laughs) question you've never been interested in it at all um yeah but obviously that comes with training um yeah i don't anyone looking at going into wildlife detection just yeah make sure you go to a trainer um yeah don't do it yourself because there is always that possibility um that they could yeah, injure the wildlife, and um, yeah, it's not what we want. I <laughs> know. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> so, what's in the sort of uh, immediate future for for her?
1: So we are. So we've got a license for this year. Um, I need to capture thirty-two great crested newts—a very specific number—for <laughs> doing the trials this year. Uh, We're doing the translocation currently um, as part of Wessex Water operational work. So that is coming to an end in the next 10 days, hopefully. Um, And then, yeah, so we've got research trials sort of August, September time. So we'll be looking at soil, substrate, um, how that influences detectability rates. Uh, Also, we're doing man versus dog trials as well. So we've got like a hand searcher. So one of our... Um, tools that we use currently someone will be on the ground with doing like fingertip searches for the grassland trying to find great crested newts so we've got these plots where we release newts into and I'll have um, yeah, hand search to look in, in one plot and um, there'll be X number of newts in there and then there'll be X number of newts in another pond, uh, plot, not pond um, yeah so we'll be trying to see who is more effective at finding the great crested newts like visually or using olfaction um so we got that this year and then yeah in the winter she we kind of just do more bed bug detection um to keep up the fitness outside and then or if the weather's okay we'll use great crested newts outside um yeah or um inside we'll use great crested newts if the weather's not great my captive ones that I've got a license from natural england to have so um, uh, yeah.
0: with the bed bug detection do you do that commercially as well
1: no, 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 no. This is just, yeah. Um, it's just to keep up her fitness. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have time around my current <laughs> full-time working role. Um, yeah, obviously doing pipeline works, and yeah, we don't really counter bedbugs too much. Hopefully, <laughs> Less is like an old mattress in the field. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I'm guessing she much prefers to search outside rather than in someone's bedroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she she's not too bold. Yeah, so uses. no, she's uh, she's quite happy doing inside or outside. To be honest, yeah, but yeah, she finds it more interesting. I think doing at night time outside.
0: Mm-hmm. She likes it. And do you do yeah. anything specifically for her fitness?
1: Um, mainly just training, really. Um, so yeah, we I've started running quite a bit with her as well. But I find seven work is the best for increasing her fitness just like physically mentally it's yeah it's good to keep that up um, I have to do a lot of training you know outside of my current 40 hour working week um, so I have to fit that in before or after work and just to make sure all my three dogs <laughs> are um, yeah maintaining fitness obviously OB we're restricted with how much time we can do with him and it is just finding in tennis balls but um, yeah, with Freya and Yuki, they're yeah they're pros now. So I have to ensure they maintain fitness and they're on a good diet and things like that.
0: Uh, very nice. So you <laughs> did mention diet. What sort of, what is her sort of diet? And does she have a a favourite food or snack?
1: <laughs> she loves. Uh, well, she's on raw meat, um, which I found her energy's just gone through the roof with that. She was on a kibble diet before, but I think the kibble we were using just, yeah, my trainer looked at the packaging and was just like, you know, it's not given as much energy tire on the raw feed, um, raw meat. And yeah, she's really, um, yeah, her coat and everything. I just, I don't know, like physically, she's just, the same with Yuki, like their coats are really sort of nice. Um, yeah. So, and their energy levels are really good as well. And she loves cheese, sausages anything really poop. <laughs> <laughs> horse poo. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah, no, then vegetables as well. And, um, yeah. And blueberries as well. Because I was listening to the podcast with, you had with Gemma and you kept going on about blueberries. So oh, it's a super poop. So you yeah. start using that now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, <it's-
0: laughs> <laughs> um, can you think of a, a favourite downtime moment or um, like scenario that you have with her
1: um, we like cuddling up uh, watching you know on the sofa and just yeah. if we've had if we've been out and we've had a really good search I love coming back and I'll give her a licky mat um, and she'll just be yeah, sat there having a licky mat, and I'll just be sat there having a herbal tea, and we'll just be reflecting on like the night <laughs> <How> <laughs> it's been. And I love that moment, and um, yeah, just being like on a high that we just had. You know, such a good evening, as searches, and yeah, just winding down after uh, you know being out and doing stuff, and then coming back and just rewarding her with you know a nice licky mat, and yeah,
0: nice. Um, <laughs> this has been a very interesting conversation. <laughs> um, oh <God. laughs> if um, people wanted to actually get hear more or, or find out more about newts and, and that type of conservation work, uh, do you have any like social links or anything or suggest any sort of areas where they should look?
1: I do. So I'm on Facebook. Um, I've just started my own uh, Facebook page as well. So it's called Amphibian and Reptile Detection Dogs. Um, I'm also on Instagram, so it's AR underscore detection dogs. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, so you can find me on any of those. <laughs> I post quite a lot of what we found in the field and sort of what we're doing research wise and operational work as well. So yeah.
0: That's been a really interesting conversation. I thank oh, you very much for your time.
1: <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed now. <laughs>
0: uh, Uh, look forward to catching up later on sometime
1: yeah definitely yeah especially after we've done all the research stuff as well um it'll be cool to yeah get back in touch and let you know how it's all gone
0: yes thank you very much again
1: no problem thank you
0: thank you very much for listening i knew that you would enjoy this episode as always, feel free to share this and any of the other episodes with your family, friends, and anyone else that loves dogs. It's always good to grow our little community and, again, to see how awesome dogs are. it um, be really great if you could re- uh, leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. And until next time, stay safe and remember... Your dog is family.